Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Good morning. Today I want to talk to you about the new season and uh, I want to get into also um, the new assignment in the new season a little bit and want to talk about the grace of God or the anointing that's there. And we're going to go beyond all that as well to, to just sort of figure out what God is doing right now and how can we be a part of it. You see, because God's always doing something. And I would ask you right now, are you aware of what God's doing at all? And if not, why not? Are you more consumed with what's going on in the world? Or are you beginning to look at God more and go, well, this is what God's doing. We need to recognize what God's doing in the world. Oh, I see this happening. I'm hoping that you're not just listening to the news and getting all upset and getting afraid and being led by fear every day. I hope that you're going to God and that you're hearing God, that you're getting God's perspective on things and you're around other people who are in the Word, having faith, and having God's perspective. We always need that, right? So you need that in, in the things that are going on in this world at large. And you also need it for your own life. Let me ask you this. What's God doing in your life? Have you pulled, a, pulled away from God? Have you slacked off from the things of the Lord? Are you waiting for God to show up later in life? Or are you... De- determining what's God doing right now. Where is God right now in my life? You see, to me, it's very important that we recognize that all along the way and that we enter into what God's doing. And sometimes that might be like fireworks. I'm telling you, sometimes you do that and it's like God shows up in a major way. Sometimes it's that still small voice where where we're cherishing just hearing that voice, just the peace of knowing we're walking with God, the union that's there. The, sometimes we grow the most when those fireworks aren't happening and we're having to go down deep into our faith, deep into, into that place in our spirit, man, where we're recognizing God's peace and we're recognizing God speaking to us. You know, that's, that's important. But I want us to look today in Joshua chapter 1, and uh, we're going to read there and, and go, from, go from there. It says this in Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, and God's speaking to Joshua here. And as you know, um, if, you, if you're familiar with this book, Moses has just passed away. God took him. He was 120 years old, and Moses goes on to be with the Lord um, because actually he, he did something. God goes, okay, well, I'm going to have to take you. You're not going to go in. By the way, have you ever wondered, what if Moses hadn't made that mistake, right? What if Moses hadn't made that mistake? <laughs> How long would Moses have lived, you wonder? <laughs> you know, would he have lived to be 160 or 200? I don't know. But anyway, he was 120, and uh, he did something he shouldn't have done, and God goes, you know what, because of that, I have to, I have to um, uh, bring you on to be with me. I want to get into all of that today. But we're at that point, and it's been 40 years in the wilderness. It's been a season with Moses. Everybody is watching Moses. Moses is giving everybody direction. Moses is telling everybody what God's saying to do. And they're pretty much doing the same thing every day. You know, it's the same rhythm. It's the same pattern, right? And this is just how God moves. This is what it's like to live for the Lord. Or at least that's what it felt to everybody, right? You get up. You get your manna. You get your manna early, right? But, and uh, you want to make sure you don't want miss out, to miss out on the blessing of the Lord before it evaporates, right? So, so be quick. Uh, so, so there's a rhythm to connecting with God and what he's doing in that hour. And it's all connected to Moses. Okay, and then, and then it says this in verse 1 of Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua. I love this because we're seeing the season has changed, right? And when the season changed, God be- begins to speak to Joshua in a new dimension. 
And you'll see every time when the season changes and God brings you into something new, communication begins to increase. Uh, anyway, God speaks to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. And then he tells, he tells them something else I will get into later. Okay, I mean another day later. Um, this, this is so interesting to me. Moses dies, and it's a big deal. And then God just very bluntly says to Joshua, Moses is dead. <laughs> He's saying to him, the old season is over. The old season is over. Come to grips with it. No more Moses. No more of the way things have been for 40 years. No more. It's not going to be the same. As a matter of fact, what's, getting, what's happening? The man is not going to be coming anymore. The rhythm's not going to be coming anymore. The whole way of connecting with God, I mean, you're still going to learn. What you learn there is to connect with His Word. But guess what? God's saying, that old is over. That old isn't here anymore. That old is gone. I want you to come to grips with that. And He says, arise, therefore, and um, go over to the Jordan. The new is here. They're going to now cross the Jordan River, which represents, I believe, the bridge to the new. They're in the old, and they've got to go through the bridge to the new, which is sort of like a baptism bringing, going from death to life. But it's, you're going from the old, which is now passing away. God's not there anymore to something new. There's a new season that he's saying is there. Now, if you look at the new season, what is this here? It's now a time to fight giants. It's now a time to fight giants. It's a time now to increase. It's a time to use your gifts. It's a time to possess promises and occupy the land. It's a time to advance. It's a time for the vision to come to pass. God gave them a vision. God gave them a plan, but it had not been time for it to come to pass. A lot of people don't understand that's how God works a lot of times. In Habakkuk, he says, here's the vision. Write it down. Okay, so we have a vision. But guess what? There's a time to every vision when it's going to come to pass. And what had happened is, they still had the plan of God. They still had the vision. But they have been in the wilderness for a long time. And God's like, now is the time, you see. Now, when this time changed, it did not look like the time changed. I just want to say this. Now is a special time of God. God has put vision in the hearts of many. God has inspired many for years. And I believe that this is a time where God is saying, wake up. Can you not see? The old is dead. It's not coming back. Don't try to go back to Moses. He's not here. Don't try to get up early and take, get manna again. It's not here. Don't yearn for those things. Let go because you've got to go through the bridge to get to the new thing that God is doing and declaring right now. 
And that new thing is the very thing that God has been promising and given vision for and put in the heart of many already. What an amazing thing. Are y'all seeing this? Y'all connecting with what I'm saying? Yep. So anyway, here, here they are. Now it's come time. But when it came time, guess what? It did not look like time, right? There were no fireworks going off that day. There were no miracles happening that day. As a matter of fact, there was still manna coming at that time, right? But God's saying, Moses is gone. This is drying up. It's not going to be here much longer. You better go forward, right? But it's not looking like that. They're called to go into the promised land. But guess what? It's full of giants. You would expect, okay, God, I want you to move and show me it's the new season. I want you to do something amazing and show me it's the new season. And God says, you want to see it's the new season? Moses is dead. Are y'all with me? The old is over. The old is over. Can you not see that's a sign that the new is coming? Amen? The old is over. That means the new is coming. It's even here. It's right, it's right at our doorstep. Now, and he says this to him. So let me back up here. So we see it's a new season. We see you got a new assignment in this new season. You know, we've got to do things differently in the new season. We've got to learn how to do things we haven't done before. We've got to learn to fight, so to speak, a new giant. We've got to learn how to build differently. We've got to learn what God's doing. You see, he's doing manna before, but now I've got to use my gifts. I, don't need, I haven't even developed my gifts yet. I've been in the wilderness. All I've been doing is getting manna. All I've been doing is going to church and hearing the word. Maybe I've been doing this. Maybe I've been doing that. And God's going, now you're getting ready to go someplace. Everybody's got to use their gift. The Bible says it, it's made it very clearly, very clear. When you go to that new season, people are going to start using their gifts. People are going to start increasing. God's going to begin to inspire. But you don't even know that yet. The businessman hasn't started a business yet. He's, he, he's been in the wilderness. Uh, whoever's gifted to do whatever, they've not done that yet. They've been in the wilderness. And God's like, you're going into someplace new now. You're going to have to learn how to do that. There's a new assignment. There's a new assignment where we're going. That's exciting, right? The, the vision is the same in a sense. Where we're going long term, the things that God's put in the hearts of many for long term. But I would say the assignment of this hour is different. And that should be exciting. Every single one of us, the assignment is different for this hour that we're called to be in. We're going to be doing different things. We're going to have a new grace on our lives. We're going to have a new capacity because the assignment is new. And this, the next thing I was going to get into here is because the assignment is new, the grace is going to be new. There's going to be an increase of grace, an increase of capacity. And I love this. You see, when you're going through the wilderness, sometimes God doesn't let so many things happen. And then when the promised land begins to happen, guess what? We have to learn how to flow in that new gift and the new grace because God's with us there in a different way. I'm not saying God was insufficient in the wilderness whatsoever. I'm just saying that you see in the new, God's there in a new dimension. And what did he tell Joshua? He goes, this is in verse 5. As I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. I will not lead you nor forsake you. Do y'all remember in the New Testament, Jesus tells the, he tells the disciples, go, make disciples. And what had he told them to do also? Heal the sick, preach the gospel, cast out demons. And what does he say? When you go, as you go. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will always be there. He's connecting that, by the way, with going. I love that because I don't believe that's just coincidence. I believe what he's, yes, he's always with us no matter what we're doing. But there's a special faith that we need to go forward. Because we don't see change. We don't see that 
God's necess- we don't always see God's gone before us and already defeated all the giants. We have to remember, God says, when you go forward into what I'm calling you to, I will be with you. Why does he tell us that in, in Matthew? Why does he tell us that with Joshua? He says this, is be- the reason is, it's going to look many times like God is not with us. It's going to look like God is not making things happen. It's going to look like the giants are still there. And we have to remember, God is still there. God is with us. I'm supposed to keep going forward. And at the right times when I need it, God is always going to show up with miracles in that new season because there's a new grace in that new season. God's with us in that new season. God's with us when we're going forward. And God's going to show up. Are y'all, are y'all catching what I'm saying? God always does that. Okay, now I want to remind you that up until this time, they had those promises, but the assignment wasn't there yet. They hadn't been assigned to go in, and they didn't have the grace to go in. Do y'all remember... I won't go into all the details of the story, but you remember when they were at the promised land and they messed up and God goes, okay, you're going to be in the wilderness. It's going to be, you know, like 40 years. And guess what they did? They went into the promised land. Do y'all remember that? And they got slaughtered. Why? It wasn't time. God's like, okay, you're going to be in the wilderness 40 years. Then they go in because they had the vision of it but they weren't connected with God for the right timing. You see what I mean? And, man, we can get so discouraged when we have vision and it's not the right time. But you see, what we need to learn to do is to wait upon God while we're waiting for that time. And wait doesn't only mean, it doesn't just mean the passage of time. Waiting is... You expecting. You're walking in faith every day. There's no time in life that you're going to be able to go through life with, without having to connect with God, right? Amen? You might not get all your breakthroughs. You might have a big vision that hadn't happened yet. But guess what? You're having to get your, your breakthroughs every day, aren't you? It's always going to be like that, right? But what we, what we have to learn to do is recognize there's certain things that take time. There are certain things that we have to continue holding on to God in expectation, being ready, knowing that certain things we've been called to do, to receive, to enter into, are going to take time. They're going to come at the right time. Now, it's hard for us to wait, and ironically, it's also hard for us once we've been in a pattern to change when the time does come it can be so hard to make that change and start doing things differently you know everybody says this and it's so true we're creatures of habit we get it into our system we want to do things a certain way and uh, the church world is no different when we see God move a certain way what do we want to do we want to see God move that very same way again right You know, God starts doing certain things. And then when he says, I want you to go to the next, sometimes that season of entering into the new is like that bridge we've been talking about where it looks like, God, where am I? What am I doing? Why aren't you with me like you were? Why da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? But you see, we have to learn by faith to take those steps and to start pressing into the new. What did he tell Joshua here? He says this, arise, arise, arise and go up. You see, you have to rise up. I, I think I think there's probably a lot of things going on. I mean, he was like Moses' right-hand man, right? First of all, God's telling him his season's over. But you know what else just happened? I mean, he's he was really close to Moses. I mean, Moses just died, and um, he's telling Joshua, rise up. You need to rise up. 
you need to rise up. Rise up. What does it mean when he says rise up? If somebody tells you, if you're sort of like, you're walking in the same, you're doing the same, and somebody comes and says, rise up. If God says, rise up, what does that, what does that mean to you? You've got to change. You've got to have a new disposition. Something on the inside of you needs to go like this. And you need to, you need to get ready for action. Ready for action, right? So that's what God's saying here. And, and what do these people do? The, this is what I want us to begin to really focus on here for a minute. Um, you see, when, when God got their attention and he says, you're going to go forward now, you're going to go into the promised land. Think about this. The giants are still there. There's a big red sea between them, um, excuse me, uh, the river Jordan between them and the promised land. And God says, I want you to get ready to go over, right? Now, the first thing, if you remember the story, the first thing they had to do, um, maybe you're thinking in your mind, do you remember what it is? They had to consecrate themselves. So when you go into a new season, you have to consecrate yourself. You're going into something new. He says, there, there are giants there. There are a lot of battles there. You need to make sure you're completely dedicated to the Lord. You're completely separated unto God. So their consecration represents getting rid of anything that, hey, I want to make sure my life's right with God. It's not just not sinning. It's also going to the point where you're saying, you know what? I'm not just not sinning. I'm pulling away from distractions because consecration means dedication unto. That means I'm really giving him my all afresh, right? So going into the new season requires a fresh which we should always be doing this, but we should have a fresh consecration unto the Lord where we're dedicating our hearts to Him again, where we're giving Him everything all over again, where we're laying down what we need to lay down. That's the only way to go through the door of the new season. But that's not enough. Consecration is necessary, absolutely necessary, but it's not enough. And the point I'm making today is, after the consecration, you just can't sit there and go, well, I'm holy now. Well, I'm praying now where I'm living for the Lord now. Well, amen. That's so good. But you also need to be willing to step out in faith if you want to enter in to the highest and greatest that God's got for your life. You can't just sit there in your holiness. You've got to be willing to step out in your faith. So these people had already consecrated themselves to God. And now he says, rise up, get ready and go into the promised land. You know, the water's going to open up before you. Now they had to get ready, line up and all march forward. And the river is still intact. Do y'all see what I'm saying? Nothing has changed, but they're rising up. They're believing God. They're getting ready. They're aligning. They're stepping forward in faith that as they walk through this process, God is going to begin to do what God needs to do. The priests are up at the front carrying the ark. When their feet step into the edge of the Jordan, guess what happens? The Jordan then opens up, not until they stuck their foot in where the Jordan was. The Jordan opened up. And guess what it says? They all crossed through. And by the way, the Jordan was a, you know, it was, it was huge that time of the year. It had a power and a momentum to it. It says it was over, what do you call it, um, uh, like flooded. Okay, I mean, it was, that's the season that they were in. And here they are. They get ready. And uh, I just want to ask you, what do you think would have happened if Joshua goes, we're going to cross the Jordan. God will open it up for us. Get ready. Get in line. We're going forward. And, uh, and a lot of them go, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm just going to sit down. I'm just going to wait. If the, Jordan gets up, if the Jordan opens, I'll get up. Let me tell you, if that's your attitude in life, the Jordan will never open up for you. If the people of God had said, okay, Joshua, guess what? If the Jordan opens up, 
If God's in that, then He'll do it, and then we'll rise up and walk through it. That requires no faith, you see. And God says, I want you to rise up, even though the Jordan's still there, even though it's overflowing, and I want you to get in line. Because if you'll start to go forward, if you'll get in line, guess what? What I mean by get in line, line up with God, get ready, start expecting, start taking the little steps forward in whatever area that is, which has got to be in prayer. The priest stepping their feet into the water, the priest represent prayer and God. And I would just say the first steps you need to take are steps of prayer, steps of putting God before you. And, and then you begin to walk over. You begin steps of obedience all the way across the Jordan. Man, that Jordan, the, the priests have to keep their feet in the water and the people have to keep walking. That's saying you need to stay in a place of prayer in the time of transition. And you've got to keep walking. It's a, it's a process going on that bridge. You've got to pray. Keep the feet in the water. Keep the feet. Keep God in the water. Keep prayer in the water. Keep prayer. Keep hearing. Keep taking steps forward. Keep taking steps forward. Keep taking steps forward. You will get through the Jordan River. You're going to make it, and guess what? When you get on the other side, it's going to be amazing, but there's going to be giants over there too. What an interesting thing. But I just, I want to explain this, that, you know, how God, how can God bring us into new things, you know? How can, how do we know how to get into new things? I want to share another thing that I think is appropriate to this situation. Now, are y'all just like aware, right, that COVID's changed everything? And have y'all recognized that there's more insecurity about almost everything now? Do feel, it's like all in our nation, insecurity about COVID. About, it's almost like what might happen tomorrow. It's not just COVID anymore. It's sort of like what might happen tomorrow. But I just want to say it's like I believe God is using COVID to push his people out of an old season. You see, we should recognize Moses is dead, but we also need to recognize there's something in this season almost forcing us into the new. It's almost like the hand of God is helping us to go forward, and I believe He's using what's been happening to bring us into an amazing season. And you have to have that mindset. What does it say in Romans 8:28? God causes all things to work together for what? The good of those who love Him. All things, including COVID. COVID may not be from God, but guess what? God's going to use it to bring us into something He's got for us. God used Joseph's brothers I don't believe God agreed with their attitudes or what they did, but he used it to bring a blessing to Joseph. All things were good, amen? And I believe God's using this COVID situation to get us where we need to be. Now, I want to give you an example from the Word of God that I think is so powerful. And this is with, with um, um, Peter and, excuse me, with Philip. If y'all remember in... Um, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, Stephen. I'm going to start out with Stephen and I'm going to get into Philip in a minute. But Stephen was preaching the Word of God. He's in Jerusalem. And there, there's a huge persecution that begins to happen. They bring Stephen in and he comes before trial. They get their stones and they throw stones at him and kill him. All right, so they are killing this guy. Now, I want you to think about that and just pretend that's you. You know, pretend like we're, you know, right now, I mean, the only thing we can think of that's similar to that that everybody's um, aware of is Afghanistan, right? So people are being killed there for nothing. And what are the others doing? The other Christians are running. They're, they're trying to, to hide. They're trying to go someplace. This happened in the new church in Jerusalem. Did y'all know that? So things got so bad, they killed Stephen. And right after they killed Stephen, it says this in Acts 8.1. It says, at that time, a great persecution rose up against the church. So, and it says, and they were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. 
Now, look, look at this. This is a negative, right? See, and God has, through this negative, now caused the church to be scattered. I, I want you to take a picture of this, okay? Imagine we're in the Houston area, okay? And let's just imagine that in Houston, there's a persecution of Christians. And they're killing Christians. This guy named Paul, or Saul, is going around finding, are you a Christian? And he's going to put you in jail. You may end up being killed. You're going to lose your property. It's going to be confiscated. You just leave everything. Could you imagine just leaving everything? How many of us are worried about the little bit we have? Oh, I don't have an. Imagine having to leave everything and, and having scat, being scattered. Imagine all the Christians you know, boop, you don't even know if they're home. Any, hey, are you still there? Oh, nobody's answering the phone at home. We'll just pretend we have landlines, right? Maybe they, maybe they moved. What's happening? It looks like, man, it looks like bad happened. It looks like the church has gone downhill in fact, that's what the devil's doing. The devil is trying to destroy the church. He's trying to bring it down. He's using Saul. Do what you can, Saul. Persecute them. Destroy them. Bring them down. It looks like he's winning. They're scattered. They have to leave everything, right? But then look at this, what it says. Verse 4, Therefore, those who were scattered, went everywhere, not crying, not moping, not complaining. They went everywhere preaching the Word of God. This is amazing to me. These people are just going through the tumultuous time, leaving everything. They've got nothing. And what are they doing? They're going preaching, preaching. Man, I'm just like blown away. I heard this missionary to the Afghanis speaking recently, and he said, you know what these people are asking more than any other thing? They're saying, God, give us grace to not be afraid. They want to be a witness for God. They want to keep sharing the gospel. I'm going, oh, God, look at that prayer. What are we all into? I'm not saying God doesn't want to meet our needs, but it's like that's become everything. They're like, Lord, we're losing everything. We might even lose our lives. But God, make us not afraid. We want to keep preaching this gospel. And it says these people left Jerusalem. They left Jerusalem in this condition of being persecuted. And it says they kept preaching. Man, I love this. And then you look at, look at um, verse 5. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits came with a loud voice out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy. Look at this. Do you see what's happened? God used the negative to push the church out of where they were into something else. The bridge was difficult, but they decided we're going to do this in faith. We're going to do this in confidence. We're not backing down right now. We're going to keep preaching. We're going to keep ministering. Somehow the door is going to open because when one thing closes, if we have the right heart, something else is going to open. If Philip had not been preaching, had he not been in faith, he would have not seen where God was going. Are y'all with me? He would have not seen the miracles. He would have not seen the revival. He would have not seen the next thing that God wanted to have done. He would have ended up in that weird limbo area where the old is over, but somehow he never went into the new. If he had just been complaining, being negative, oh, look what God's done. Oh, look where we are. Oh, look how bad. Oh, I don't understand. Oh, look at all the persecution. Look at all the people that he would have never entered into God's best. Man, look at that. That's just, that's a wonderful thing. If you'll stand strong wherever you are, 
in the trials that are in this world, they might push us into something different, which is happening. But it's so key right now that the words coming out of your mouth are words of faith, that you've got hope in God, that you're not discouraged at any losses, and that you're able to say, the old is over, but the new is coming. In fact, it is now. I'm just by faith ready. I'm speaking the word. I'm in a positive mindset, and I am ready to go into this new thing. Amen? God's got something new for us. And then you go on from there. I'll just skim some of this stuff. But if you go from there, you'll find out God began to, to speak to Philip more. And miracles began to happen. Man, I love, I love that. You see, they go through an intense time of trial. He rises up. He's got the right attitude. He's standing in faith. He's preaching. And then God begins to speak to him. And an angel comes and visits him. I want to say, I, I love any kind of visitation I get from God. If an angel were to come, I'd be thankful and so amazed at that. If God gives me a dream, I'm amazed at that, right? If God, I, just, I love to hear from the Lord. But anyway, um, an angel comes and tells him, pick up where you are and go to the desert. Pick up where you are and go to the desert. Now, you see, when revival begins to happen, you notice, by the way, in this situation, God didn't say, go leave Jerusalem, right? God just allowed the, per the, the difficulty to direct them. I don't know why God does that sometimes, but he does. But now he gets to this new places in Samaria, and now he gets a word. Why didn't God give everybody a word? Hey, you guys, just scatter. I'm going to use it. He needed this situation, the pressure that was in Jerusalem to do it that way because that caused them to, be, to rise up to a new place of faith. I believe that's why. But now they're in the new, and now he begins to hear a revelation from God. He gets this angel, and you'll see if you read the story two other times in the short little story, he hears from God. Now he's in the new season. He's hearing God begin to speak in a new dimension. But God says this, you're in Samaria, rise up and go to the desert. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. He, get, where is he? He's in Samaria. What's happening in Samaria? Samaria? Unclean spirits are coming out of many. How many of you would love to see that? How many of you love to have church service where demons come out of people? They, they scream, boom, hit the floor, and they get up going, yay, this feels good. You ever have a demon come out of you? It feels real good. That tormenting thing's gone, right? So demons came out of people. People were being healed. The paralyzed were being healed. People that hadn't walked before, they're being healed. Somehow in that new season, he's seeing a dimension of miracles that he wasn't seeing where he was before in the last season. And he doesn't love the Lord anymore. He's just in a new season that he went through, through the persecution and the difficulty of the last season, right? So he's in the middle of God doing this. Now, you'll, if you were to read, you'd begin to, a little further, you're going to see more miracles begin to happen. The Holy Spirit falls. There's a new dimension of God moving in that area. So, man, God's moving in every way, and God's telling him, think about this, you're in the middle of that. Now, if you're a preacher, I just want to say, you're in like your dream world. Hey, I've been waiting for this so long. Hey, man, look at God moving. People are getting sick. What are you going to do? You're thinking, how can we make this bigger, right? Man, what can we do to reach more? God goes, move on. Man, that'd be hard for me. Okay, God, where's next? The desert. What? The desert. God told Philip, rise up and go to the desert. Here he has to leave everything. He's just loving what's going on. He's loving seeing this. And he's having to go, I mean, revival's happening. A spiritual awakening. He's having to get up and go to the desert. Now, I just want to say, you know, when God begins to move, you cannot just control it with your mind, okay? You can't control it with you just figuring out the best thing to do. That's not bad. But when God begins to inspire He's often going to inspire you in your life 
beyond what you could figure out how to make it happen. Otherwise, guess what? Your mind and your reason's in control. Mind and reason's good, but it's a servant. It's not the master, right? And if we're not connected to his voice, we're not going to know what to do sometimes. Sometimes your reason is going to say, do this, do that, do that. But you know God's leading you some other direction that doesn't make sense. You've got to obey God. I'm not saying don't pray through it, don't pray, get others. But I'm just saying sometimes God's word is going to be different from the way your mind is going to tell you how to make it happen. And God tells him this. That happens often, often, often when new seasons come. When new seasons come, one of the greatest things you learn is uh, a new season has to be navigated by extreme dependence on hearing God. Extreme dependence. We went through the Jordan River like that. Man, if we don't stay connected, if those priests, if, if the prayer isn't here, we won't make it through, the, through this thing. That's the way it is. But then you get on the other side and you're having to hear God how to fight, where to go, what to do, when to let go of something. Maybe it looks like you should hold on. God's telling him this and you've got to be willing to let go of that. And, and sometimes, sometimes how you get involved with things is you begin to see you, you, see, you do see God moving somewhere. So um, you take Peter and, uh, who was it? I think it was John and Peter that they call back when Philip is leaving Samaria, right? But before he leaves, guess what? They go, wait a second. God's moving here. John and Peter hear about the move of God. So what do they do? They go there to pray for them for the Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying here is, they saw where God was. Sometimes God leads us this way. So we've gone through a few dimensions of how God leads us today. But anyway, sometimes you see God doing something. Jump in on it if, if, that makes, if that's right, you see. John's going, they're going, look, God is really moving there where Philip was. We need to go and pray that they be filled with the Holy Ghost. So boom, they go and do it. Um, there was a, the guy, I think I heard John Anthony mentioned the other day that he's, um, doing this thing where talking about experiencing God reminded me if it's not the same thing, it's a, uh, something from years ago where, um, there was an emphasis on watch what God's doing. When you see God doing something, pay attention to it and be involved in it. If at all possible, if that seems right, that you're supposed to be involved, jump in, right? And there's a lot of truth in that. When you, and I know like in your own personal life, right? If you see God doing something, you go, oh, I see God in this. I'm going to do this more, right? You see God in something, you, you sort of go in that direction. Well, that's the way I just want to encourage you as we're, I'll try to bring this thing to a close here. As we're coming into this season, I want to encourage every one of us this morning, look where God is and get involved in that. Because that's part of where we're supposed to be seeing how to go where we're going. Do you see where God is? I was asking that when we got started. Do you see what God's doing right now? You need to go in that direction. I just want, I'll mention three things here as I'm closing that where I believe God is right now, that we need to go in that direction. First of all, God's in the harvest. People are ready. The harvest is ripe. People are ready to come to the Lord. And it's not massive yet, but it's significantly different. I even sense God upon me as I said those words. God is here. God is moving in hearts. There is a harvest season. And if you will begin to engage in that harvest season and put your position that way and don't just sit down in your chair going, I'll wait till I see it. I'll wait till I see people are different. You remember Jesus says, don't say the harvest isn't ready. He's trying, I believe he's saying that today. If you will start going forward, then you'll see I'm there. Amen. So the harvest is ready. Start going in that direction. Second thing, God wants to make disciples. One thing that I've noticed recently I mean, I've seen this before, but it's just come to my mind so much recently. 
people are not going to be able just to make it in the big church scene in this hour. And I'm not saying that the church meeting is not important. But what I'm saying is the needed element that's been missing is discipleship. The needed element that was missing in the last thing that was happening is discipleship. We are in a messed up world in this hour. People's lives are messed up. They are going in the wrong direction. Their habits are wrong. And you don't expect them to come to church and they listen to a a message every Sunday and sing some songs and then they're going to have just very quick life change, right? I've seen people come to the Lord that, I mean, their, their whole lives have been doing wrong. I mean, they may know there's certain sins you need to stop doing when you come to God, right? But there's so many other little things that people need to learn how to do them. And they're going to learn that not by waiting until the pastor just happens to speak on the topic that they need to hear about. They need to be in a relationship with others that's where they're in his life and going, oh, wow, look what's going on there in your life. Let me help you in that area, show you what the Word of God says, and help you go forward. What did Jesus say to do? Make disciples, teaching them to observe all I taught you. Everything you know to do, give it to somebody else. Get their life in alignment with my word. I am telling you, that is, it's important to be here on Sunday. I'm hoping I'm stirring up something here. But I'm just trying to equip you with vision because you've got to go get the job done. You see, you've got to go make it happen. Make disciples, teaching them to observe. Wow. You know, it says this in Luke 6. Jesus is talking about the man. He says, during, he says one man hears my word and does what it says. Now, isn't that what the Bible says Jesus taught us to do with people, how to disciple them? Let me say this again. I want you to pay attention. Think about this. Jesus says, go teach people to do what I've said. Luke 6 says, there are certain people they hear and do. We're, we're supposed to teach him that. And it says for those people, their house is strong. They're built on a foundation. And what does he say? There are other people who do not do. They do not observe what I taught. Guess what it says for them? Their house crumbles. Let me just make this point. This is one aspect of that verse I want us to think about. There are so many lives that are crumbled today in shambles because people have been doing things their own way, the best they knew how, what they saw growing up, what they see in culture. That's all they know. And that's why their lives are crumbled. Don't expect them just to come into church and get a fix quick, a quick fix or a fix quick either. Because they're going to need that input and that help to bring them where they need to be. And it is sad. It's not like, hey, you're bad. Hey, no. The whole way this is supposed to work is through lives, connecting with other lives, saying, I'm going to reach out to you. And guess what? After, after you've grown and you've been helped and, and there's somebody else, you're in your, and you, where you are, the way this process works is now you help others and teach them to help others. Because this is how the church, I believe, primarily is meant to grow. I could have a meeting, let's say 5,000 people get saved. We'd have to do meetings all the time. We'd have, to, we'd have to accommodate getting people discipled somehow, right? Right now, what's God doing? There's a harvest and there's discipleship. God is wanting to disciple people. And I would just connect the third thing with this and say, God's into people meeting together. Learn, start thinking, how can I be a blessing? How can I disciple others? How can I bring people to Christ? How can I take that next step? Maybe you could do something at your workplace. Maybe you could meet at a coffee shop. Maybe you could, and, and I have some tools. 
contact me. I mean, whatever we can do to help you get going. If you want to, if you want, first of all, if you're newly saved, you need to connect with some others. If you'll contact me, contact on Facebook or through Zoom, send me a message or the person who invited you. We will definitely start connecting with you and helping you understand how to observe the word in your life. And if you've got some issues where, where, I mean, praise God, you don't have to build on the sand anymore. But secondly, if, if now, if you've grown and you're matured and you're growing in the Lord, I just want to ask you, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Who are you helping with it? Invest your life into somebody. I'm telling you, God's in this. If you'll start reaching out, start pulling in. If you don't know how to do it, honestly, uh, just call me. Just text me. Do something. We'll do something to get you going. But I want everybody going. Amen. Everybody. Everybody. Amen. Some of you just know, you know, if you just step out, praise God. If you just step out, God will help you. Don't be afraid of what's in front of you. Amen. Well, Father, we want to thank you for today. Lord, please help us, God. Help us to stay connected. Help us to not fear what's coming. Help us, Lord, to, to love you, Lord, to walk with you and experience you in every dimension. God, we pray, give us grace to overcome every lie, every force of hell. Give us strength to press through this season of having to press out of the pressure. The pressure, just like what was in Jerusalem that day. Lord, it's not exactly like that, but there's a pressure in this world. God, we pray, give us grace to press out of that and to enter into the new. God, we pray you'd give us grace to stand strong, to walk in faith, to do your will. Lord, we pray we would be like Joshua and Caleb that wouldn't back up, but we would rise up. We would go forward. We'd claim the land. We would not say, oh, the giants are with us. We would say God is with us. And it doesn't matter what things look like. If God's with us, it doesn't matter who's against us. If he's for us, why does it matter that we've got giants against us? Lord, we just declare today, we don't care how things look in any dimension of life. Lord, we're focusing on you. We're trusting in you. We thank you, Lord. You're going to bring us out of that which is coming to an end already. And through the Jordan process of praying and continuing to take those steps forward and on the other side into the situation where we're continuing to hear from God and get wisdom and direction and the dimensions that we need to walk out this new thing. Lord, we thank you for this now. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.